You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. You are listening to Farmed, a live podcast album at the Plaxo Gallery in Long Island City, Queens on October 23rd, 2018, in partnership with the Bushwick Book Club, Theater C, Leica, and produced by the Parsnipship. You are live, and we are listening. future of any design, what would it look like? In George Orwell's Animal Farm, the animals have seized their independence from the humans that have held them captive and are able to build their lives on a blank slate. Vast hills, endless sky, a place where anything is possible. 
Our country, like the animal farm, is founded on principles of independence and freedom, championing free speech and therefore free thought. If you could create a future of any design, what would it look like and how would you decide? On tonight's episode, we will be speaking with Governor Cuomo's Deputy Secretary of State for Economic Opportunity about civic engagement at the polls in the November 6th midterm election, as well as first-time New York congressional candidate Siraj Patel on the importance of building generational bridges as we continue to create and articulate our vision of the future. In addition to the music of Farmed, as part of tonight's event, we will be hearing performances from the Bushwick Book Club, an organization creating live shows about literary gems written this month in response to Animal Farm. This evening is a special event produced in tandem with the Parsnipship, which at the end of the episode will flip the tables and interview me. I'm Trevor Bachman, and this is Farmed. Thank you. There they are. Jorge Montalvo serves on Andrew Cuomo's administration as the Deputy Secretary of State for Economic Opportunity. He formulates policy related to the state's federally funded anti-poverty programs. He also created and runs the Governor's Office for New Americans, which helps immigrants fully participate in New York's civic and economic life. Jorge, welcome. This is the first time we are ever laying eyes on one another. <laughs> uh, so Jorge, the ballots are going to look different on November 6th than they have in the past. Oh, yeah. uh, what, what will they look like and what is being done <laughs> to train volunteers who run poll sites? Oh my goodness. So uh, traditionally, uh, you are people, I think at this point people are used to seeing a ballot where you have on one side candidates and you fill out the, the form and you put in the machine and, and then you're done. Right? In most jurisdictions, not just in New York City, but around the country, that's what happens. Uh, and sometimes, in certain years and in certain places, there are questions presented, so there are issues also on the ballot, traditionally on the back or sometimes on the front. And so you fill them out, again, that's what we're used to. This year, the ballot is a fold-out. It folds open in most places um, in the five boroughs of New York City. And one side has candidates, the other side has some candidates. There's some, in some places, there's an empty page. And then the back side has uh, the questions that are proposed for the public to read. Then you're expected to rip the ballot in half and then put the ballot into the machine to be read. One page and then the next. It's hard enough to get the thing to work the first time. And now we're asking people to do this again. So it is very interesting to us to, to see this. This is an experiment that uh, has not been done before. One, frankly, that we were not aware of until a couple of weeks ago when the, the Board of Elections, which is run by a, a state government as opposed to a local government, um, put this out. In conversations with the Board of Elections, they are adding more um, training to the poll workers, more than they've done in the past, to explain to people to rip the ballot and to do all these things. Um, and I think that's, that's good, that's important. But I think what's more important is what we're doing tonight and what we've been doing all around the city for the next several weeks going into election day, which is to remind people that there is an election, to remind people there are questions on the ballot and they should educate themselves and, and, uh, and be prepared to, to do that. And to teach people by video, just talking to each other, uh, that, that, that you have to rip this ballot. I think that's the only way we're really gonna get that information out there. So yes, there is additional work happening with the poll workers to make sure they know to explain this. There's an instruction sheet which will come with your ballot. 
that will explain to ship the paper, and that's great too. And it's in multiple languages, and that's wonderful. But ultimately, I think it's incumbent on all of us to tell our friends and family that the election is important and that there is something different this year. It's issues and the perforation of this ballot. Uh, and I, t and I, I, I say this because I think there's so much energy right now and if we don't harness this energy now, I'm always afraid that if you don't harness energy, you don't have an opportunity, you lose it. Mm -hmm. And this is our chance. This is our chance to make something different and really grow something. I think we can all feel this energy and excitement around getting more involved. The more involved doesn't have to be voting. It could be volunteering with your local community, neighborhood group organization, or block association. But there's something there right now, and I think we all feel it. And, uh, and I think this, this election can serve as like the beginning of something really special. Awesome, thank you. Jorge Montalvo. Where's that rock? One, two, three, four! Drag on my back a mighty boulder Top, 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 top of the quarry And I throw it off the edge Like a body off a cliff But it won't break, it won't break, it won't break It won't break, it won't break, it won't break I've gotta break that rock Break that rock Climb back down to the mighty Same dead rock up the hill, and my body is on fire as I slam away at the work. And I work, and I work, and I work, and I work, and I throw it again, and I carry it up, and I feel my soul coming into my bones, and I pray for the day. Welcome to the stage from Bushwick Book Club, John S. Hall. Okay. All right, I'm gonna give it a try. 
song is called Animal Liberation. Sugar Candy Mountain. 
Where's Sweet Soubrette? Hunger, hardship, and disappointment The unalterable law of life In winter we are troubled by the cold And in summer by the flies We are born, we are given just so much food As we'll keep our breath alive We can forget our bellies are empty at least part of the time A little distance behind the clouds Somewhere up in the sky Sugar candy mountain Where animals go when they die In Sugar Candy Mountain Sunday, seven days a week the everlasting springtime makes the clover taste so sweet in Sugar Candy Mountain. Sugar Candy Mountain. Sugar Candy Mountain. Nobody escapes the cruel knife. They will get us all in the end. Laboring in the field. Sleep in our pens. The day that your muscles have lost your strength and your back no longer bends, the knacker will cut your throat and boil you down for the hounds. A little distance behind the cloud, somewhere up in the sky. Sugar Candy Mountain, where animals go when they die. In Sugar Candy Mountain, the lump sugar grows on trees. There's hedges full of linseed cakes and luxury and ease. In Sugar Candy Mountain, Sugar Candy Mountain, Sugar Candy Mountain. You guys, when you when you vote 
you uh, high five all the po poll workers, right? That's what I do. You know? I get so excited. Um, it's uh, really invigorating. I totally feel so American at that moment. I'm really happy about it. I mean, my parents, you know, they're never tired of telling me like how much they gave up to come to this country and to be American, la 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 la. Even though you know they also complain about me being American and not you know all those things too. And well, you know, they they like to complain. They're really good at it. It's like a genetic thing. It's like, um, but uh, but but when I go into the polls, I'm just like, hey, American! You know, I get really excited. Woo, super charged, you know. Just high to, five your poll workers. Yeah, high five the poll workers, you know, and each other. All right. <laughs> okay. So this uh, the song we wrote here is for Squealer, if you remember in the book, because you did your homework. Um, uh, Squealer is the pig who was very important because he took the message and brought it to the other animals, and he had a lot of spin. You know, he um, he got a, he had some truthiness and some alternative facts. <laughs> For, uh, for Squealer here. All right, you guys ready? Yeah. It's a little, little disco number for Squealer.
don't listen to the big squeal. Uh, that's Leah Spalding and Marlon Cherry and some folks. Line after 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 line
such an anomaly A complicated mass of working cogs and glass So throw your stones at me And watch the beauty of my body Machines. Dynamo, why I know I'm gonna do the work for you. Welcome to the stage, Spirit Child from the Bushwick Book Club. So I have, I have Batman to help me out. 
I know, I know he, he, uh, Batman wasn't on the farm, but um, there, there was a discussion about having rodents be a part of the community, and you know, anything with wings is acceptable. So Batman has wings. Um, we're gonna try to try to make this work. Um, so well loves hip hop, AKA Batman. So we're gonna try to make that happen. Um, I'm a revolutionary and this is a dope book for me to be a part of because I love Bushwick Book Club and what they do. And I've always loved when they do political themes. So I'm really excited about this one. We're on, um, we're at Rikers doing workshops with young people doing hip hop. Um, and this is very appropriate. I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. This is Benjamin's eye. So it's all about, you know, the ass or the donkey just not really believing and a lot of things is happening. I'm very dismayed. I identify with the donkey as a revolutionary, not really into voting, but we're here, actions on all fronts, and Batman's gonna support me to make this happen. So if we could try to, yeah, okay. We're gonna try to feel it, cause it's hip hop, we try to, you know, feel a little bit. Four legs good, two legs bad, not bad meaning bad, but bad meaning good. Four legs good, two legs bad, not bad meaning bad, but I've seen it all, I've seen them rise, I've seen them fall, I've seen it all, I've seen it all, I've seen them rise, I've seen them fall, I've seen it all, I've seen them rise. What if I told you, what if I told you now? What if I told you, what if I told you all? What if I told you, what if I told you now? Would you believe? Man was bred, he was bred from young. Forever growing old. Fat with pa, drank up all his rum. His heart is growing cold. You can be what you want to be, yet you still believe unfree. You can be what you want to be, yet you choose to be like he. Well, what if I told you, what if I told you now? What if I told you, what if I told you all? What if I told you, what if I told you all? Would you believe? The enemy used to be a friend of me. Cooked up the recipe, trained the pups, combed the sheep. Now we power an enemy, still enemy. Seeing with the enemy and sleeping with the enemy. So things are not what they seem. I used to believe, but now I can't believe. But maybe I can't achieve, but things ain't what they used to be. Still they what they used to be. Maybe it was all a dream. 
You can be what you want to be, yet you choose to be unfree. You can be what you want to be, yet you choose to be like he. Well, what if I told you, what if I told you all? What if I told you, what if I told you now? What if I told you, what if I told you all? Would you believe? It's a bat solo. So if you know the book or if you don't, you can catch on to it. It's real, it's real simple. Four legs good, two legs bad. Not bad meaning bad, but bad meaning good. Four legs good, two legs. Not bad meaning bad, but bad meaning good. Four legs good, two legs. Not bad meaning bad, but bad meaning. Four legs, two legs. Not bad meaning bad, but bad meaning good. I've seen them rise, I've seen them fall. I've seen them rise, I've seen them fall. I've seen you rise, I've seen you fall. Windmills and politicians. I've seen you rise, I've seen you fall. You can be what you want to be, yet you choose to be unfree. You can be what you want to be, yet you choose to be like he. Thank you very much. In 2017, Siraj Patel announced his candidacy to challenge Rep. Carolyn B. Maloney for New York's 12th Congressional District. Patel, who supports legalizing marijuana and lowering college tuition costs, as well as publicly stating his intentions to vote if elected to defund ICE, has cited a generational, yes. Has cited a generational divide among Democrats in February of this year, Patel's campaign reported raising $550,000 during the previous quarter, despite having refused all corporate and super PAC campaign contributions. This was four times the amount raised by his competitor. I spoke with Siraj in June of this year, just before the primary, and I'm happy to welcome back Siraj Patel. Ah, right. and here we are again. Here we are again. <laughs> it's the first time in a long time, yes. I must say. Yes. Not suited up this time. <laughs> Thank God. You said in our, um, in our last interview, you said, um, despondency paralyzes you from action. You should treat yourself with the agency that you have. In a news stream that seems to grow darker every day, how do we combat collective feelings of despondency and claim our power as a people? Uh, well, look, I mean... I said that in the context of, and I still believe that, that 
one of the tactics that that Donald Trump and Republicans generally, or, or actually, now I'm going to extend that to much of the establishment altogether who believes change, great change, real change, change to our grassroots core can't be possible, is to make you feel like it can't be possible. That despondency is a tactic. It is not a strategy. And therefore, you must remember that it's calculated to make you throw your hands up and say, well, what, how do I bother? Mm -hmm. And it's supposed to help you, it's supposed to breed apathy. This is like if you read Art of War, you realize that Donald Trump puts you on a defensive footing at all times. And that exhaustion that leads from that sort of chaotic uh, thing is what stops you from moving. Um, we're in obviously a really, really unique time, probably the most unique time of our lifetime so far and maybe uh, will be. And I know that you've heard that like a broken record. This is the most important election of our lifetime. Every election, everyone is going to tell you that. No one ever won an election by lowering the stakes. So take that with a grain of salt. However, I will say this. Um, you know, we in our election, in our campaign, invited you all to help put, uh, put together an art performance mm -hmm. because art and culture, I believe, are part and parcel of politics. You're proving that whether or not at the ballot box or uh, on the streets or elsewhere, that you will not take, you know, this war footing lightly. Mm -hmm. The despondency is breeding for you a unique kind of activism. I think the reason we had that event is because I said to you that day, um, and everyone wasn't there, so I will repeat it, but since seventh grade, I've had a uh, painting or a, a portrait of John Kennedy that hangs on my wall. And he was at Amherst College uh, three weeks before he was assassinated, uh, eulogizing Robert Frost. And on it, uh, there's an inscription on my painting. He's, you know, he's in repose and it's really sad. And, and it says, um, the people who create power make an indispensable contribution to a nation's greatness. But the people who question power make a contribution just as in indispensable, especially when that questioning is disinterested. For it is they who determine whether we use power or power uses us. Anybody that doesn't believe that art or culture or science has to do with politics doesn't understand art, culture, and science. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, and, so, and so here we are in this gallery at this moment exercising our agency mm -hmm. in a way that will have much more lasting impact. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I just, that was a, a beautiful song a second ago, but that's gonna have much more lasting impact on that child and our agency to believe, you know, that we can fight back no matter what they do to us. Mm -hmm. And so um, you're proving it. We're not gonna be despondent, whether it is limiting your social media consumption, mm -hmm. which I have done, uh, <laughs> tactically speaking. You know, I actually told myself this this year that if you're, uh, sit, uh, you know, I, if every moment that I sit there and refresh and I'm consuming, I heard that from somebody who just performed a second ago too. Every minute we're consuming is a minute we're not creating. Yeah. And, so, and so I have found myself limiting my consumption of things that make me despondent and instead channeling that time and energy into creating things. Amazing, amazing. Imagination, this is also a quote from Siraj. Imagination, curiosity, creativity will get us out of this mess. It takes a blank slate, 
and a fresh vision. While there are many solutions being proposed from how to accommodate um, change from masses of refugees to reducing carbon emissions, reality, sadly, does not offer us a blank slate. We are being asked to create solutions within circumstance and systems that are less than ideal for allowing our ideas to manifest. How do you envision creating a fertile ground for the change we know needs to occur in a very limited amount of time? Well, we don't have a time machine. Mm -hmm. uh, we can never go backwards in time. Policies, politics, elections ought to be about the future because mm -hmm. of that. Time zero is now. Mm -hmm. Everything that's happened until now is just prologue. Mm -hmm. I agree, we have innumerable, innumerable issues uh, when it comes to, say, the climate or um, immigration or mass incarceration in this country right now. And those we did not have as a generation um, a hand in creating. We've inherited significant intergenerational justice issues that is gonna fall upon us to fix. But that's just the world we have. Mm -hmm. And so when I say it takes imagination, curiosity, um, that's just the human condition. We're always gonna be faced with or inheriting circumstances we didn't choose to create just in the same way as we're inheriting agency we didn't create. Mm -hmm. We happen to be born in a country where for the most part, at least until very recently, the deal was that if you worked hard and you believed in the power of your dreams, you could go and fight to achieve them. And if that you fell back, there was a safety net that picked you up so that you could take those risks again. That is precisely what makes this country exceptional. Mm -hmm. And it may be upon our generation then to fix that net, mm -hmm. to, to redo that deal, to recreate that dream for the next generation. And that's okay, that's our burden. But uh, you know, think about it, it is a blank slate. It is a blank slate today because if we cannot go backwards and fix what has been broken for us, mm -hmm. we can only fix going forward what we've inherited. Awesome. You've also said, which is so good that you're bringing us to this, the future is bright so long as we get there in one piece. My generation's job is to be the bridge. What is your role in building that bridge? Boy, uh, four months, three and a half months off of election, <laughs> I would love the crowdsource the answer to that question right now. Mm -hmm. um, uh, look, um, the coolest thing I ever did was care. I think that a lot of, it became cool there in the middle, I don't know when, prior to this Donald Trump nightmare and all that, to be like, you know, oh, what can I do about it? I don't care, I'm too cool for these problems. You know what I mean? And there was like an apathy that set in that, that something, uh, you know, there was something valuable about being cynical and all of that. I think it happens to a lot of us um, as we get older and to the point where, you know, all the hopes and dreams and stuff that you had for yourself, some of them may not be panning out and the way to do it is to not incalculate yourself by, by, by stealing and, and, and having that reserve. Well. There is something really valuable. I just spent the better part of a year of my life bearing my soul out there. And there's something really, really valuable and empowering about it. I encourage everyone to do it. Um, and, and I, um, you know, and so I guess my role in this is to do something that really, I think my takeaway throughout that campaign and after is the most incredible thing we got was the hundreds of emails, texts, messages, Facebook messages, all those things, from so many people, oftentimes young people, but people of all ages and all colors and all genders, um, that, that you're making me feel like I could run for office, that I could make change. Like someone like me, 
uh, could also be there. If nothing else, um, my role here, I think, is to continue to empower and elevate the most marginal voices among us, the most powerless or those with the least agency. Yes, in my case, that often ends up becoming, in my activism, younger people, because we tend to lack agency in politics, but just generally anybody uh, who is among the most marginalized among us. I think if I did that, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty good base hit. Wow, thank you. Um, last thing, campaigns, he said, should be an act of service. A campaign must engage, lift up, and empower people instead of divide them. Well, this quote was initially in response uh, to a question about his own political campaign. I'm curious how this principle extends beyond politics into an interpersonal sphere of everyday life. Oh, that's actually a, a great, um, great question and one that uh, I, I said that quote in the context of many campaigns um, view themselves as you know, the right way to win, the easy way to win, easier way to win oftentimes is to divide, to lower the denominator, make politics so ugly and divisive and, and nasty that you don't want to be part of it. Mm -hmm. And then your core group of people, which may only be 40% of say a country or a district, look like 51% because so many people stay aside. We see you know, a man occupying the White House who behaves that way. Well, the other side would be if you spent time educating and empowering and making people care, you will include and increase the number of people in the process. But in doing so, you make it harder on yourself to win. As the numerator rises and the as the denominator rises, you have to also get more of that share. That's okay. Mm -hmm. That's the campaign we wanted to run. That is a campaign that's an act of service. That's a campaign that empowers. In our personal lives, and I think the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it may be that by engaging and empowering another generation of activists and politicians and all of that, that may increase in competition for, say, for example, myself. Mm -hmm. So what? Mm -hmm. So be it. Um, I spent a lot of time after this election uh, sort of engaging in some self-care, trying to figure out where to plant. I'm still thinking about those things. I'm still trying to figure out where to go next. But I did tell myself one thing, that so many people uh, in that campaign and my family and my friends and, and everyone else gave me so much time and effort and energy and love and care that on a, on a project of mine, let's say, that um, when I'm trying to figure out what to do, in the meanwhile, I was, all, I was committed to spending time on other people's projects. Uh, in the same way, to give back that same thing, the most precious resource time. So I do think that like when stuck, when looking for something to do um, in, in what you said, empowering and, and lifting other people can never really go wrong for you. And so we can really just take what you asked me and, and really bring it down to the actual core level and say, we should always be helping people adjacent to us, immediate to us and everywhere um, and elevating them. Suraj Patel, thank you. Thanks. Please welcome to the stage, Ray Brown from the Bushwick Book Club. All the milk has been missing and the eggs have been sold in town and there's a feeling on the farm that something heavy's coming down and the brave and noble 
simple boxer has been melted down for glue. And all the beasts of England know that there's one thing left to do. Kill the pig, 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 kill the pig is in the house now. And the dogs are at the doors Just keeps repeating I got mine and I'll get yours Oh, if you want to stop the squealer And the lying demagogues First you kill the puppies Then you kill the dogs Then you kill the pig Kill the pig Kill the pig Kill the pig, kill the pig, kill the pig, kill the pig, kill the pig. Molly disappeared, disappeared, just as everybody feared. Not a single body knew she had gone nothing was known of her whereabouts till after many rumors many strange accounts she was spotted outside of the public house sucking up sugar ounce by ounce oh, molly was ensnared was ensnared as her scarlet ribbons glared in the raring overbearing sun her coat was fully clipped she was Get up, 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 get up,
If I had a picture, any kind of picture, if my mind could picture the future, it would not look like this. There has come a time I don't dare speak my mind, don't know why I don't dare speak my mind. Such are my thoughts, such are my thoughts, but I do not have the words, the words. Such are my thoughts, such are my thoughts, but I do not have the words, the words. If I could speak my thoughts, I do not know what they would say. Maybe they'd sing for a memory gone away. I'm done. any kind of picture if my mind could picture the future it would not look like this infinite sky oh mother earth I cry you're all I've got grassy knoll vacant slot I've been looking for meeting but instead I I'm screaming out, I'm bleeding out. Such are my thoughts, such are my thoughts, but I do not have the words, the words. Such are my thoughts, such are my thoughts, but I do not have the words, the words. If I could speak my thoughts, I do not know what they would say. Maybe they'd sing for a memory. Go. spoken her thoughts it would have been to say it would have been to say
poor heart shot onto the street, right out my throat. There will be no alteration, there will be no deviation, there will be no alteration, no alteration to the plan. Run, run, run as fast as you can, can you outrun a gentleman? Run, run, run as fast as you can, hear that siren screaming. Run, run, run as fast as you can, can you outrun a Next plane out of town Before the gunman shoots me down Eeny, meeny, miny, mouse This is a murder house Gotta get our shit together And get armed Or we get fond I had a dream I lost that race There will be no deviation, there will be no alteration, no alteration to the plan. We have seen devastation in a rebounded nation. There will be no alteration, no alteration to the plan. Run, run, run as fast as you can, can you outrun the general man? Run, run, run as fast as you try, hear that siren screaming. Run, run, run as fast as you can, hear that siren
Was Silver Wallace, by the way, <laughs> on that solo. So this is different. Yeah. Because you're not doing the interview. No. I'm. I'm gonna do the interview. Which is actually this is a lot scarier. <laughs> Ooh. So my name is Ivani Dabari, and I'm the artistic director of the Parsnipship, and mm -hmm. we do radio plays. Oh, woo, yay, fans. Um, and one part of our radio play series that we have is that we interview the, the playwright, the creator generator. And in this instance, it's not a play, it's a live podcast album. And we have a composer, and that is Trevor Bachman. Hey. So, who's brought us, his work has brought us here today. And so, um, I'm just gonna... Mm -hmm. Roll out what I usually ask our playwrights. Roll it. And so the first thing I usually ask our playwrights in the, at the top of our recording is, what would the world be missing if it didn't have, I usually say this play, but if it didn't have what you have created hmm. for us? I think the world would be, I th it's such a grand statement to say, the world needs this, but I guess that's what you're saying when you get up and do something, is the world, there's a void and you mm -hmm. want to fill it. And I guess... I choose to fill it with all of these people. Um, yeah. It, it, I think the songs are just the container. Orwell's message is truth and the container. But really, this event for me um, is about all of them. And it's about hearing them. And it's about seeing them. And it's about us being together to make this stuff. And um, community. Yeah. Uh, us as community. 
because it's we're literally all we have. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And what inspired you to write, uh, to to start to compose Farmed? Yeah. Um, So during the inauguration, um, I was on an Amtrak, and I couldn't watch it because I felt so sick to my stomach. Uh, So I put away my computer, and I had this book with me. Um, It was on my Kindle. And I had been wanting to reread it since high school, because I remembered it had made me feel something, but I I couldn't tell you what. Um, And as I was reading it, I was like, everything that is happening now, in this moment politically, socially, has happened. And the pieces of this that have not yet unfolded are written about in this book. And so it's important for us to know what's coming. It's important for us to know our history. Um, and by the time I got to Penn Station in New York, I was like, I'm, I'm doing this. People need to know about this. People need to know about this book. People need to know about these words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, this is the fourth iteration mm-hmm. of Farmed. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and each iteration has a different topic and a focus. And this one tonight is on voter rights mm-hmm. and um, you know all the things that go with that, including voter suppression and voter responsibility. And we're recording this live two weeks before the midterm election, um, which is happening on Tuesday, November 6th. So everyone go out and vote for sure. Mm-hmm. But what are the connections that you, because um, we, we sat and talked about what the theme would be for this, and you brought up voter rights. So what did you see the themes between what's, ha- what, what's in Animal Farm and voter rights, and also maybe what's happening now in our current political and social landscape? The animals in the book behave the way they do because they can't remember for very long periods of time. So if something happened to them 10 years ago, or, or you know, an animal 10 years is a lifetime. You know? So it's, if something happened to them at the beginning of their life, by the time that they're an adult or, or old, they don't remember. They don't remember what it was like to even be in, a, in another existence, in another time period. And I think you know, that memory is the thing that we need the most of right now. And I see that in, in remembering how elections have influenced our nation's history in the past, and remembering how people who don't participate in a system get put in camps uh, in remembering the things that can happen. I think all of that starts if we're going to work within the system Mm -hmm. and if we're going to choose to believe that the American system can work and will work, then we have to flood it. We have to flood it with everything that we want to say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. so two last two questions. And so one thing I always ask our playwrights since December 2016 um, is if Donald Trump was in this room, you had 60 seconds, what would you say to him? I would play him these tracks. <laughs> That's what I would do. I would play him these damn tracks. And, and I, actually think, I actually think there would be nothing that I could personally say to him to reach somebody of that kind of obstinance. So I would put on the, I would put on the damn CD and ha- have him listen to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, what are the 60 seconds of the CD oh. you would? He has a short attention span. <laughs> okay, so, so we'd have to give him something, we'd have to give him something super fast. Yeah, so I would say, I would say probably the song you're about to hear right now, which yeah. is, uh, <laughs> which okay. if, I may, if I may talk about what it is. Oh yeah, yeah go for okay, it. Okay, so, um, uh, this song you're going to hear, it's our last song of the night, um, is called The Drum. And there's a moment in the book, Animal Farm, 
um, where Boxer, who is the workhorse of the farm, and he he puts his entire life into doing the work and putting fighting the good fight and doing everything he's told to do. Um, and by the end of his life, his body has become so worn and he can no longer do this work. So they realize his usefulness has been uh, depleted and they put him in a, a metal crate and they tell him he's being taken to the doctor when in fact he's being taken to a glue factory. Um, and as he's being led out of the farm in this sort of prison-like cart, it says on the side of it like that it, it's essentially an executioner and only one of the animals can read, Benjamin, the donkey. Um, and he says, don't you all understand? They're not taking him to get better. They're taking him to his death. They're taking him to the knacker. And um, when Boxer hears this, and all the animals start screaming, saying, Boxer, Boxer, come back. But it's too late. And as Boxer hears this, he peeks his head out of the, the hole in the back of the cart. And as he's looking through it, he turns around, and he starts kicking. He starts kicking the metal doors. And all of the animals can hear are the, are the sound of his hooves kicking against this metal door trying to fight out for his life with the last bit of strength that he has against all of these forces that are pulling him away. And if to, I'm to be honest with you, that is exactly the moment we are in right now. Mm -hmm. And we've all got to kick for our lives. So with that, I leave you the drum. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Altered body shrunken, less shining than it was before. I've got no, I've got no voice left. I've got no, I've got no voice left. The lungs don't last forever, ever. It's getting late and never, never is just around the corner. Just around the corner, never, never is just around the corner, never, never is just around the corner. Oh, vanishing stone into the air. I'm going there. I'm dying, Mama. You are dying too. We're dying, Mama. What am I to do but die with you? I'm dying, Mama, you are dying too We're dying, Mama, what am I to do but die with you?
feel my soul come in. I feel my soul come in. I feel my soul come in in like joy. I feel my soul come in. I feel my soul come in. I feel my soul come in. David Andre, Will Bellamy, Elijah Caldwell, Jonathan Christopher, Clarissa Marie Ligon, Angel Lynn, Michael Lors, Luke Mirkovich, Barry Loba McLean, Josephine Spada, Yanni Papadimos, Neil Tyrone, Pritchard, Kuhu Verma, Silver Wallace, and Kyla Wooten with Noel Brennan on percussion, KG Shiguri on keys, and Josh Quatt on guitar. Farmed is directed by Kevin Horrigan. Special thanks to Ivan Edebury from the Parsip Ship, Susan Huang from Bushwick Book Club, Carlos Armesto from Theater C, and Zach Infante. Thank you so much. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.